You glad to be in God's presence today? You thankful that God takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good? Thank you, Jesus. Let's welcome all those joining us on Facebook Live. Let them know how great it is to have them today. They uh, was sharing with me the other day that uh, today a lot of churches across not only our nation but around the world, a lot of churches are taking today to celebrate freedom from addiction, freedom from addiction. I heard about the woman, I heard about the woman that was trying hard to get the ketchup to come out of the glass ketchup bottle. And during her struggle, if you've ever had that struggle of trying to get the ketchup to come out, during that struggle, her cell phone started ringing in the other room, so she asked her five-year-old daughter to go and answer her phone. The little five-year-old picked up the phone and shouted back across the house to her mother, said, it's the pastor, mommy. The little girl said, and then the little girl continued on the phone to tell the pastor, mommy can't talk on the phone right now, she's hitting the bottle. Uh <laughs> But I want to celebrate, there's a lot of them, uh, but, but just a few that I wanted to celebrate in particular uh, today. One of them sent me, because they keep track on their phones uh, and on their calendars, they have it down to the second, uh, but one is, is celebrating 203 days uh, that they are clean. Another one sent me 5.89 years or 70.83 months. 2,154 days or 51,705 hours that, that they've been clean. Another one, uh, not only clean, but freedom even from suicidal thoughts, 198 uh, days. Another one here, seven years and, and 20 days. But for the entire list of people who's finding freedom in Christ, could we just celebrate what God is doing in their lives? Thank God for freedom. Come on, are you thankful for freedom today from sin, from shame, from our past? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read today out of Nehemiah chapter number 6. We've been in a series that we've entitled Brick by Brick, and I have been ready and excited and looking forward to sharing this message since Tuesday. So thank God it's Sunday. Uh, I believe God's Word is going to speak to you today. Uh, it has been challenging me now for uh, those last five days, and I just believe in the next 30 minutes, God's Word's going to speak to our hearts. Nehemiah chapter 6, today I would like to just sort of preach down through the passage. I will normally read some verses of Scripture and extract a few points from it. Today I would like us to do it a little bit differently. I would just like to preach down through a few verses uh, and, and share some thoughts as, as we go. Verse number 1. When word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall. Notice that, that's really important. When word came, he named some enemies and then generalizes the rest. When word came that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. When they heard I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though... I actually love his clarification here, though up to that time, I had not set the doors in the gates. So he is closing the gaps, and then he clarifies, and he says, 
though there were still some doors I hadn't set yet. I think a fair question that all of us can ask ourselves today, because after you've been at church, whether it's a week or a month or a year, for some of you years and years, you can get stuck. Those are not my words. Those are words in the Bible. You can actually just get complacent or stuck and forget what's left to do in your life. Yes, you're saved, but there's still work for God to do in your life. And so a good question for all of us to ask today is, which doors are still left in my life? What are the things that God is still wanting to work on? But with that same spirit of saying, Pastor Mike, I'm working on my thought life, or Pastor Mike, I'm believing God's helping me with my confidence, or Pastor Mike, I'm trying to overcome... Under that same spirit of which doors are left in my life, which I believe we all have, right? If you look down your road today, chances are you're not going to see anyone perfect, starting with you, right? We all have some doors left in our life, but you don't want that pendulum to swing where because you're not perfect, you feel like you can't worship, you feel like you can't serve. You feel like maybe you shouldn't have even came to church today because you're not perfect and there's some doors left in your life. You know, sometimes you can start beating yourself up and thinking, because I'm not perfect, God doesn't have a place for me. So you don't want the pendulum to swing too far that way. You want every day to remind yourself, I'm making progress. Can we say that together? I'm making... Can we say it one more time? I'm... Making, I may not have all the doors in place, I may not have everything finished, but the good news is today, I'm making progress. If you looked back over your shoulder to a week, or a month, or a couple of years ago, how many is thankful that even though you're not perfect today, you are not who you used to be, I'm making, come on, I'm making progress. He's still working it out. There's still some things he's working in. He's still molding me. He's still shaping me. He's still convicting me. He's still changing me. He's still loving me. He's still leading me. He's my Savior, which we all encounter when we give our life to Christ. He's our Savior, but he's also our Lord. He's our Savior and our Lord. He's still working on us but I'm making progress. Verse number two says, Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet. Everyone say meet. Let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono, but they were scheming to harm me. You and I have to be careful of some meetings. Come on over for coffee. I want to pray with you about some stuff. Right? Prayer a lot of times gets blamed for offense and bitterness. You know that, right? Like like people want to talk about, people want to be critical or negative, so let's say we're going to pray about it. They were scheming 
to harm me. Some meetings are not productive. I've met people who have been so hurt at life groups or small groups, and I know relationships matter, and I know we're better together. Those are all things that I think are priorities in our lives, but I've also over the years seen a lot of people get hurt in those moments. When there are not parameters or boundaries or guidelines, people can get hurt in those settings. Not every meeting is productive in your life. Not everyone that talks to you at the gym is, is for your benefit. Not, not every social media post that you get pulled into, not, not all of those things are beneficial in your life. Verse number three, so I sent messengers to them with this reply, I am carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. This is, this is the priorities in your life. What's the priorities in the bar's life? What's the priorities in the Gaddis's life? What's the priorities in the Stover's life? The Blue's life? The Fisher's life? What's the priorities in your life? And you cannot allow certain things to pull you away from the priorities in your life. He said, I told them I'm carrying on a great project. I'm trying to save my marriage. I'm trying to raise my children. I'm trying to have a healthy relationship with God. I'm trying to be plugged into a church. I'm trying to move forward in my life. I'm trying to get the doors set that aren't set in my life. I don't know what the project or the priorities or the purpose is in your life, but we all have them. And the enemy's going to try to pull you away from that. Nehemiah gives you and I a great lesson today when he shows us by telling them why. Why should I leave the work and go down? Down. There's the word again. Go down. There are some people who will get you down. You talk to them for five minutes. You could turn on TV. Sometimes you could watch something on TV, whether it's the news or whatever's happening, and five, ten minutes later, you feel so dirty, you feel so down. You've got to be careful about the people and the places that can get you down, pull you down, take you down. Verse four, four times. Everyone say four. Four times they sent me the same message. And each time, I gave them the same answer. The enemy's scheme is often on repeat. The enemy's scheme is often on repeat. Four times, not, not a different message, not a different attack, Four times, they sent me the same message. Because the enemy is counting on you eventually breaking. So try the first attack on Joe Goon, the second attack on Joe Goon, and the third attack on Joe Goon, because he's counting on the fact that you are going to eventually break. But Nehemiah said, every time I sent him the same answer. 
when you look at the progression of these verses we're covering today, look at verse number five. It says, then the fifth time. Nehemiah's not falling for it. Some of you in the room today, when I look at just my knowledge of your life story and I see the enemy attacks your marriage, the enemy attacks your marriage, the enemy attacks your daughter, the, the enemy attacks your business, the enemy, like, like, and he try, and he's counting on you breaking. But after two or three or four times, you're still in the game. You haven't quit. You haven't walked away. You didn't throw in the towel. So the fifth time, the fifth time, Sanballat sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter. Same message was part of the first four tries, but the fifth time, he added an unsealed letter because the enemy loves to add extras. Historically, a sealed letter. I hate looking envelopes. <laughs> but I'll do it for the message. Historically, a sealed letter indicated that the message was to be held in secrecy. If the seal was broken before the recipient received it, then you would know that the messenger or the aide had read the letter. But it's important for us to see that Sanballat intentionally, he intentionally left the unsealed letter open to create the opportunity for the hired hand to read the note and to be part of the lie that was taking place to destroy Nehemiah. The enemy loves to work with unsealed letters. You see, God loves to take our sin, loves to take our past, loves to take your struggles, put it in places like the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered. He loves to wash it away clean. The Bible would use words like blotted out. The enemy loves nothing more than to try to expose everything about you, whether it's the truth or whether it's a lie. The enemy not only loves to add extras, but the enemy loves to expose lies and gossip. Look at verse number six. It says, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true. This is not really my message today, but, but I would say I feel like Every story I've heard over 20 plus years of ministry, everyone always wants to throw in Geshem. And Geshem says it's true. That you and the Jews are plotting to revolt and therefore you're building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you're about to become their king. The enemy loves to exaggerate. 
The enemy loves to exaggerate. Everyone say exaggerate. I want you to understand he's going to do this to you. Not, not just something he done to Nehemiah, he will do it to you and I. The enemy loves to exaggerate. Sarah, he tells Nehemiah, all of the nations are talking about you. All of the nations are aware. All of the nations. The enemy loves to exaggerate. You know, sometimes when you begin to dive into the devil's lies and you begin to see that what was stirring on the inside of you, like we talked about, if you trace it back, chances are it was blown out of proportion. Chances are it was made to be something so much bigger than it really was. And you wonder, like, how did this become this? Because the enemy loves to exaggerate. He loves to stretch. He loves to embellish. Not only does he love to exaggerate, he loves to get endorsements. You read it with me. He's going to say, even Geshem said it's true. People will often do that. People will often say, this is what I heard. This is what I think. This is what all the nations are saying. And, and even your uncle feels this way. And even your... Because there's something about throwing Geshem into the verse that somehow validates what's being said. I want to help you today. Verse 7 and 8. It goes on to say, they're saying there's a king in Judah. This report will get back to the king. So Nehemiah, we've got to meet. You, you've got to defend yourself against these allegations. I sent them this reply. Here's the reply to the fifth message and the unsealed letter. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. You may hear the hashtag in 2019, fake news. Fake news has been happening for a long time. Fake news didn't start in the last couple of years. There's always been people making up stuff out of their head. It's not happening. It's a lie. The enemy's lowest blow is often a lie. It's, it's one thing it's one thing when he sends the attack and you send the response four times. Attack, response, attack, response, attack. I'm not going anywhere. Response. And then comes the lie. Because when someone lies about you, there's, there's probably nothing that can send you more extreme in your mind or your heart than when people tell a blatant lie. And you're like, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. That's not the truth. The unsealed letter is a lie. When you look at 
verse 9 through 13, as we wrap up our reading today, they were all trying to frighten us. They were thinking their hands will get too weak for the work. It will not be completed. But I pray, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. I said, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized this is so important. I pray God's word will go like straight to your core and to your heart today. I realized that God had not sent him. The letter, the lie, the messages. You know, sometimes you'll start thinking like, like, am I being punished for something from my past? Is this happening because of five or ten years ago? Like, your own mind will start messing. I've met people who believe the lie. I've met people who looked in the unsealed letter and was like, you're right. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm no good. I, I messed up back ten years ago. I've met people that do that. This is important today. I realize that God had not sent him. That he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to what? They're scheming, harming, frightening, intimidated. We are not excluded from having enemies. We are not excluded. If you, if you were to say today, Pastor Mike, I don't understand why people lie. I don't understand why people talk. I don't understand why the devil. I, you and I are not excluded from having enemies. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. The man of God says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. He says the name and he says where he works. Hey, Jack, down at Smith's Hardware. What? Moses had Pharaoh, David had Goliath, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had Nebuchadnezzar, Samson had the Philistines, Nehemiah had Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem. I don't know if you've ever seen like the checkout at a store where they'll like post the people they don't take checks from. It's always weird to me, like people's names, like, don't take a check from Sarah Miller. Don't <laughs> Because in 2019, it's just weird that you would name names. When you read the Bible, they don't go with unnamed enemies. They name them out. And so this week, it took a while, but I made a list of all the people that have talked trash about StorySide the last couple of years. <laughs> and I found out where they worked. And so I want to read them to you. Uh, just don't follow them on social media. They don't like your church. Don't talk to them. They're trying to tear us down, and so here they are. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> you and I are not excluded from having enemies. Our true enemy, this is what's most important. Our true enemy, John 8, from the very beginning... The devil, he was a murderer. He's never been on the side of truth. There's no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he is only doing what is natural to him because he is a liar 
and the Father of all lives. Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 2.11, I don't want Satan to outwit us. After all, we are not ignorant about Satan's scheming. You have an enemy that wants to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to get you off the wall. He wants to sidetrack you. But today in God's presence, just a gentle reminder, don't let anyone and anything, and especially a liar, get you off of the wall. Don't let the unsealed letter, don't let the trickery, don't let the scheming, don't let it get your attention off of what God is trying to do in your, come on, in your life. As we get ready to close today, I want you to revisit verse number one in your mind and see where all of this started. How, how do we get to four attacks? How do we get to four plus an unsealed letter? How do we get to hiring someone who, if you really study it, they hired someone to act as if they were God? Geshem is going to portray that he's sending a word from God, but he's hired to intimidate. How how does it get there? It starts in verse 1. Verse 1, when word came that I had rebuilt the wall. All of this starts with when word came that I had rebuilt the wall. Because here's one of the main takeaways that I would like in the room and, and on, online today. Here's one of the main takeaways that I would like to resonate with your spirit that the enemy hates. I know it's a strong word, but the enemy hates to hear how well you are doing. That's why I read seven years, 20 days, 198 days of no suicidal thoughts, 5.89 years, 203. That's why I wanted to say some of them out loud today because the enemy hates to hear how well you are doing. Rich, who's all the way in the back row today, who moved here years back with $2,000 in his pocket, paid the movers $1,500 got through his first few days here, had $20 left. But now he's moving on to up in the high number of rentals and work and married and spirituality and drawing closer to God here in the room today. And the enemy hates to hear how well Rich is doing. Or Jay Kaufman, who messaged me just yesterday and said, Pastor, I had you on my mind, and I wanted to tell you how good my marriage is doing. Or Joe Kinzel, who I saw just the other day, maybe in the room now, but Joe, who shared with me how he went through a season where he felt so unworthy to worship, so unworthy to lift hands and tell God how good he was because of some of the things he was struggling with. But he said, 
God is helping me to realize it's not about how unworthy I am, but how worthy God is. Or about Alex Tarr, how his family's doing better. Or Amanda Pfeiffer, who revisited things from her childhood and told me just this week, I went through bitterness and offense, but Pastor Micah, I feel like God is getting that bitterness off of my life. The enemy hates to hear how well you are doing. You see a picture that this was just a message from this morning. He's on Facebook Live today, but this is Nick Stover who just texted me uh, before church today. He said, just checking in to say all is well here in Kuwait. It's 113 degrees. The sun is shining. No complaints. We are getting ready for the online feed. Love you. Thank God for technology. But I love you, Nick. Thank you all, the whole group, for serving. When I talked to Nick about his continued spiritual growth and his marriage and Brittany and their family, the enemy hates, hates Dean in Gig Harbor, who's online today. Dean said his spiritual growth has been that he's learning to trust God. I love our Facebook live family, when, especially when you guys message and check in and joining you today and converse with us. Two of you just in the last few weeks, Dean was one of them. Dean sent several thousand dollars as a gift to the church. Bill DeVore is watching today in Florida. Bill sent $2,000 for the kids' renovations to help with that. I love when you guys really feel like I'm not in the room, but I'm still part of the church family. Like this here, we're still together I love that even through technology that God is growing people's spirituality and he's growing their faith wherever they're at around the world and the enemy hates, whether it's TV, radio, Facebook Live, the enemy hates that people around the world are growing in their faith. And someone on Facebook that's watching would say, today's my day to accept the gift of salvation. I'm going to go from sin to save. The enemy hates that. Delee. Raised in church. 66 years business owner. Three family generations. Husband passed away not long ago. Shared with Pastor Matt how God is really helping her to lean on God's strength. Lean on God's faithfulness. Lisa and Trent Black, they help with our greeting. Lisa was divorced. God brought Trent into her life. Trent's daughter, Brooklyn, was attending Storyside and invited them to, to join her here at Storyside. Trent and Lisa shared that Storyside has helped them with forgiveness, a stronger marriage. We were baptized together. Now we're serving as greeters together. The enemy hates. Michelle Glasgow. Michelle, sitting here on the front row, said I was in an unhealthy relationship filled with chaos. I wasn't attending church. I wasn't trusting God. I was sad, lonely, never felt like I was going to measure up. 
My son Tripp came along unexpectedly and woke me up. I've been at Storyside for three years now. Tripp uses what he learns in children's ministry to be a better friend at school and a better child. My finances since beginning to tithe have improved. I've been blessed with amazing friends who have turned into my family. Michelle, I just want you to know the enemy hates to hear how well, how well. I know you're wiping tears, but when I read this, how well, how well. He hates to hear. He hates you're in the front row. He hates that you're singing what the enemy meant for evil. God's turning it for good. The enemy hates to hear it, but I want to shout it today. I want to scream it today. I love seeing your hands raised up. The enemy hates to hear how well Michelle is doing. Mandy said a couple of years ago, I honestly didn't know where I even stood with God. My heart and mind was in a million different places. I knew that I had to do something for myself and my girls. We decided to attend Storyside. September 24th, 2017 was the day our lives changed. The, that was the day that we came to Storyside and I began to gain strength and courage. God gave me strength to keep coming to church and courage to pray whenever and wherever. Since then, my kids, have been I, my kids and I have been saved and we have been baptized and now we serve on the dream team. Storyside is our home. Jeff Sayers. Where are you at, Jeff? I think I saw you. Jeff, just keep your hand raised over here. I saw Jeff in, in the lobby before church. Jeff said, I was 45 or 44 when you gave me my first Bible ever. Since coming to Christ and being baptized, I have forgiven many people in my, my life. Some of them were estranged for 25 years. Some of them were estranged all the way down to two years. I have asked for their forgiveness as well as forgiving them. My marriage has gotten stronger. My faith in God has opened up so many newfound feelings and has softened my heart in so many ways. I still struggle at times with things. We all have doors, but I know he's guiding me in the right direction at his pace. Four weeks ago, Kim Sanders had a prayer group for Mansfield City Schools, which was led by Pastor Kristen. I was able, Jeff is the coach of the senior high soccer team, he said, I was able to get 13 of my boys from my soccer team to attend the prayer gathering and gave them an opportunity to open their hearts and minds to Christ. For me, it was very re uh, rewarding to be able to, to plant a seed. I hope it grows in them like it has in me, whether it's a husband, dad, soccer coach, first time Bible at age 44. Jeff, I just want to say today, the enemy hates to hear how well you are doing. Sue and Randy and I have been attending Storyside almost three years. Sue is the executive director of Heartland, oversees 65 employees. Sue shared that she had a very painful childhood and would feel like she never measured up. Sue said, because of the childhood, I often found myself becoming quickly offended by the comments and actions of others. God brought this to my attention and made it clear that it needed to change, and God has given me the strength and the power 
to give up, I love this, to give up my right to be offended. The enemy hates to hear how well Sunai is doing. Or Sandy Sexton, multiple family members fighting addiction. I remember feeling so empty, shame, guilt over other people's addiction. I didn't realize until I started attending StorySide and hearing the messages that I was missing a real relationship with God. Now her family's blessed. She said, thank you, Pastor Mike, all the pastors and friends I've made through serving. I love my church family, Adam, Jill, Colton, grades in school, marriages, family. She said, we are all growing, and the enemy hates to hear that the Sexton family's growing. As we get ready to pray today, Adam, I would love just if you would stand. Jessica, your wife, if you guys would just stand. Adam's the final story I'll share today. I had about 50 stories, and I just want to give you a few of them. But I'm quoting today. Adam said, I, this is very powerful, Adam. I told you when I read what you said, I started crying two times. Because the man side of you, even knowing you to be so honest and admit some of the things that you wrote, it's very powerful. Some people live in denial. Adam said, I was selfish in holding my family back from experiencing a relationship with God. I had allowed bad experiences with other churches and never feeling like I was good enough for God to pave the way for us for many years. Jesse, it's his wife standing beside him, Jesse and the kids would talk about attending a church and I would use the usual excuses for not going. I have to work, I have to mow, I have to sleep in, I can't miss football. In March 2016, after countless invites from my brother and his wife, it's Nathan and Cody over here, it's the power of being a bringer. After countless invites from my brother and his wife, my mom and dad, we walked through the doors of StorySide and have never once looked back. In July of the same year, Jesse and the kids shared their desire to be baptized. So as a family of four, we declared our commitment to God and the church and cannot imagine our lives without either. The road to get here, my road to get here, is full of a lot of regret and selfishness. I sometimes feel that when the devil keeps on asking you to look at your past, there must be something good in the future he doesn't want you to see. That good is happening now. I love that. That good is seeing my family have a relationship with God, seeing my wife raise her hands during worship and wipe tears from her eyes, seeing my son during a youth conference hugging and praying with his friends, watching my daughter sing on stage in front of an entire church, showing that her love for God is greater than her fear. My progress may have been slow, but slow progress is better than no progress at all. And I just want to shout it out today. The enemy hates to hear how well the Fisher family is doing. 
Come on, for every one of these stories, would you just take a moment and thank God today for people that are making progress. Come on, let's give God glory today for His grace, for His mercy, for His truth, for discipleship. We're making progress. Now declare it personally today or say, I'm making progress. Come on, in the room and online, say, I'm making progress. And we say it one more time, I'm making progress. Remain standing with me, if you will. Verse 15 of that same chapter. It says this, so the wall was completed in 52 days. So the wall didn't get stopped. It didn't come to a screeching halt. You, you, you didn't sidetrack me with an unsealed letter. The wall was completed. Whether you've been in the room or online, maybe you've caught up on podcast. Here is a recap of the first five chapters. Burned, broken, buried. If you remember, belittled. How those feeble Jews going to do it? That was belittled. Broken bricks. God, God can still use broken bricks. How are you going to make something out of all this rubble? And God uses broken bricks. Nehemiah 3, 5, long-standing nobles didn't support it. So some was for it, but there was a group that was against it. They plotted, they schemed, they stirred, if you remember that. Here they hired, they lied, but Nehemiah completed. Here's the recap for your life. Selfishness, busyness, past hurt from other churches, but now we're baptized in the front row with hands raised. Here's my encouragement to everyone in the room today. Don't let what's wrong with life, don't let your past, don't let hired, scheming, lying, what do you, feeble, rubbish, ruins, don't let all of those things stop you from finishing the wall. Stick with it, stay with it. Don't get pulled down. Don't get taken down. Stay in the game. And one day, he finished the wall. We're going to finish the fight for our faith. We're going to finish the course. And you and I will hear, Junior, well done, good and faithful. Come on, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. There's a crown of life that is laid up for you and I. Well well done. As we pray today, you can finish this. You can finish. You can build and rebuild families and faith. Call a God in your life. You can, you can build and rebuild that. Come on, Nehemiah. Come on, Nehemiah. Come on, Nehemiah. Sometimes when you see all those things, the lies and the scheming and the plotting, and Pastor Micah, it's not true, Pastor Micah. I understand. That doesn't mean we can leave such a great project. Those of you that have children, 
That should be reason enough. Those of you that are called to businesses and companies and schools to be salt and light, that should be enough. Those of you that are in relationship, when you hear about the blacks, our marriage is stronger, or Jake Hoffman, our marriage is stronger, that, those are reasons enough. Your soul, that's reason enough to say, I'm going to finish this. I am not getting pulled down. I'm not going to be one of the ones that start, but doesn't finish. So I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that you're going to finish the wall. That you're going to hear, well done. Your faith is going to make it to the finish line. The enemy hates to hear how well you're doing. So he's going to try to stop you. Four attacks and then the fifth attack in the letter because the enemy hates to hear how well you're doing. So if you're in the room or online today and you say, I just feel like I'm under attack, it's probably because the enemy hates to hear how well you're doing. But the good news is God is faithful. God hasn't left you. He's not going to start today. He's with you. With eyes closed all over the room, if you've never given your life to Christ, Maybe your story isn't exactly like I'm here for the first time or I got my first Bible or but but we're all born in sin and in the room or online if you've never given your life to Christ why not today why not right now The greatest thing you'll ever build or rebuild is a relationship with God and it's free It's not cheap but it's free Jesus died on a cross for your sins if you want to make that decision today and say, Pastor Mike, I want God to save me today. I'm born in sin. That's what the Bible says in Romans. I need him to save me today. If that's you, I would love just for you to raise your hand today and say, Pastor Mike, would you pray for me? I would like God to save me today. Thank you. Thank you. All of these young men raising their hands. Thank you. Right back here. Thank you. Right over here, sir. I see your hand. Thank you. The Bible says when we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, Jesus is Lord. He's the Son of God. He's our Savior. When you say it out loud, don't just think it. Say it. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. When you pray that kind of a prayer, when you say I'm broken, I need healed. I'm lost. I need found. He hears your prayer. You don't have to have all of the perfect words to say. Just let your heart talk to Him. Let your heart talk to Him today. Save me. Save me. If there's anyone in the room that maybe you've given your life to Christ, but there's some things happening where the enemy's trying to get you off the wall, Nehemiah. He's trying to get you down. He's trying to take you down. And you know it. You, you're, you're getting sidetracked. But today you want to get back on track with God, back on track with your faith. If that's you, to slip a hand up. I want to get on track with God. I want to get on track with my faith. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. Thank you. I want to get on track with God, my faith. For some of you, get on track with my marriage, my family. Hands are still going up. Come on, let God take it today. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Let God take it today. Give it to him right now in this prayer moment. Give it to him. Let God take it and turn it. Take it and turn it. Take it and turn it. God, I pray over every person in this room and online. 
I pray over people that are giving their life to you, saying, save me, forgive me. I pray over those that are saying, I need you to turn it around. Turn, Please, God, turn it around. I pray for people that are not going to believe the lies of the open, unsealed letter. The enemy's lying. He's trying to exaggerate. He's trying to stretch. He's trying to get you off track. But he's a liar. He's always been a liar. He's the father of lies. And I pray today, God, that you would silence the lies of the enemy. Give a praying mother peace today. Give a praying parent peace today. Strengthen a husband today. We will not believe the lies of the enemy. Come on, we will not believe the lies of the enemy. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar and the father of lies. God and the enemy are not 50-50. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in us. We will believe the report of the Lord. God, I feel your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you for turning. Thank you for encouraging. Thank you for exposing lies today. Thank you for a wave of your presence to keep people on the wall. Keep them building. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we, if you're physically able, to stretch a hand to heaven? Are you thankful for God's word today? Raise your hands up high. Sing it out to him. Come